Ask the Podcast Coach for January 23rd, 2021. Let's get ready to podcast. There it is. It's that music that means it's time for Ask the Podcast Coach, where you get your podcast questions answered live. I am Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting.com, and joining me right over there is the one and only Jim Cullison. From TheAverageGuy.tv. Jim, how's it going, buddy? Greetings, Dave. Happy Saturday morning to you. Happy post-inauguration day. We have a new president in the United States. It's interesting days. It's not like everything's changed all at once, but it's it's interesting day. So And COVID's thanks. done and life is... Wait, no. Oh, no, no it's not. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's right. We got some work to do. We got some work to do. So it's interesting. It has been an interesting January just here in the United States. So it's never a dull moment. That's for sure. You know what would make it even better? Mm, What's that? Maybe a cup of joe, you think? Oh, yeah. It's time for for some coffee. That's right. There it is. And, of course, we want to thank our friend Mark over at podcastbranding.co. Now, when you go over there, you might be thinking, wow, those prices, you're looking at hundreds of dollars. But think about this. Mark actually designed the School of Podcasting's logo about a year ago. And the longer I own that logo, the cheaper it gets. Think about it. If you are using Adobe Audition, that's $20 a month, and you could do that for a year. And guess what? After that year, you're going to keep running it. You pay this once to mark, and it just, the value gets bigger and bigger and bigger the longer you do your podcast. This is a one and done, because think about it. Mark is going to design it correctly. He's going to work with you. He's a podcaster himself. He's an award-winning graphic artist. He's going to work with you to make sure you get the actual logo, the artwork, the website, whatever he's designing for you. He's going to do it right to help it match your brand. If you want to look professional, you got to check out Mark over at podcastbranding.co. I don't know. I just, I feel very Harry Connick Jr. every time I hear that. I don't know. Such a good tune. (laughs) Good tune. We we should say to the cup sponsored by the Dog Podcast Network. They, James, they launched their, the dog edition this week. So they they called it the inaugural. It was nice. It was a good tie in to what's going on here. And what I guess I didn't realize dog edition, they really designed it for the duration is for people walking their dogs. So it's a 26 minute podcast. Like, you think you walk your dog for a half an hour, so you get out, start the podcast, listen to it. I thought that was, and they, they call that out in the podcast, so nice job. Jobs are available there, dogpodcast.com slash jobs. They're looking for some folks. They're giving away up to $15,000 in prizes, and their first episode is out, Dog Edition. You might want to check it out, James. Thanks for sponsoring the cup at the dogpodcastnetwork.com. Oh, yeah. Let's zoom in on that. There it is. Yeah, look at that. Yeah. Oh, you got to love him. The corner podcast himself, Mr. Darren Dake. Talk about a great story. If you want to read more about Darren, there you go. Profit from your podcast. He's one of the guys I talked to. Darren just wanted to talk about corner stuff because he's a corner. And now the guy's just crushing it, teaching people how to be corners. And is it just me or I get the feeling Darren can't hear me? All right. Hey, I just, I don't jump in here guys very much. So yeah. I do listen on the other side, but uh, I had time today and I want to jump in. And again, I wanted to ask about Voxer. I'm thinking about using Voxer for uh, my membership. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if anybody had experience with Voxer. I've heard Dave talk about it some, but 
I want to just open it up to the members in the membership community. But then again, how much is that going to take up my time? People voxing me all the time. Any experience? Yeah, my experience was Lipson started a Voxer. And I'm not sure how, I think Elsie created a group and then she would manually add people to it. I don't know exactly how much the group thing was. It is a situation where one bad apple can spoil the whole, you know, bunch. We had somebody who would comment on every comment, even if the comment was absolutely. So Uh your pings or whatever they are got doubled and it, was one of those things where everybody was thinking, man, I wish we could kick that person out and we right. didn't. And what happened was everybody left like pretty much. And Elsie even stopped like using it because every time she said, Hey, new episode of the feed is out and the average number of downloads went up or whatever. Here would come this person going, great. Can't wait to listen to it. Like they just delivered no value. And it was one of those things that like, once you noticed it, it was like, a, what do you call those things on your fingers that you want to pull off, but they hurt? Hangnail. Hang yeah. 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 Jim, do you have any with Voxer? Ever yeah, we did, we did Voxer as a family. That kind of was our very first family chat idea. And there's, listen, there's plenty of platforms that do that. I know you, you like it because it's voice. What do you, Darren, what are you hoping, what are you hoping to achieve with the group? Yeah, you want to create one, but what are you hoping to get done with it? So I have a membership now, active now, but I'm just trying to create a little bit more community. We, we have a community aspect on our online learning platform and a lot of training videos and things. I'm just trying to make the community more community yeah. so, so that we're not yeah. individualized because on the other side of it, community, they stay longer. They pay more <laughs> jumping in and out when they feel like they're all alone. So I thought Voxer would help them access me. I'm, I'm nobody important. It's just that if they had a question about a, a course or a question, they we could communicate, have build better community. But then I'm thinking, wow, that could get pretty intense. Yeah. Yeah. We use Discord for that. So our communities likes Discord. So same idea. I, it's I don't. It's not a members only kind of thing, but it's worked out that way just because the most engaged people are the the ones that are going to do it. I have a moderator that helps me, and it's under control. Like I, I don't. We've got fifty, sixty folks making comments every once in a while. Not very often things get out of control, and I need to be like, all right, guys, let's focus. I wouldn't want 50, 60 voice boxers coming in. That'd be tough. No, and you won't get it. I think by the nature of people having to leave a voicemail, that slows that process down a little bit anyways. And so you probably wouldn't be getting that. You know what? Just try it out maybe with a small focus group of some folks that are close in there that, you know, hey, we're just starting this. Maybe maybe just a few of the patrons or whatever, like maybe 10. Give it a try. Just see. That way you can ditch it if it doesn't. You're not committing to it. And so you, try it with a small group and then not only that, and I'm going to bring uh, Chris Nessie up to the stage here. Good morning. And you have some Voxer experience, right? I do. I use it as a teacher and everything. And one of the podcasts that I do, we have a Voxer group for it, but I, I will say to anybody who wants to use it, it can be really effective, but it does take work and you have to be intentional about how you want to engage your audience if it just becomes another way for you to say, I released my latest episode and that's the extent, you're not going to get much value out of it as the host and your audience and community also isn't going to get a lot of engagement out of it either. But if you can find other ways that you want to engage with these, as we're talking here in this case, you've got, it would be exclusive to certain people who listen. So 
there could be that added value piece where they have that direct connection with you. And again, the types of questions and discussion you have might lead to more content on your podcast or your blog, but you have to be very intentional about being active. It sounds like anything like Facebook. You can make a Facebook group, but you still have to go in and start discussions and occasionally moderate and things of that nature to to keep things going in some cases, or at least to start the fire and, and get people talking to each other. But it's like I said, I've seen it work really well. And then, like I said, we just had one person in this one group I was in, and it was just, it just became super annoying to the point where I think everybody either A, did what I did, which was you turned off your notifications, which meant you didn't go back. And then eventually you just realized that, wow, I haven't been participating in this group. I might as well leave because it's not delivering value. It's delivering pain in this case. And off we went. And so it sounds like maybe we have a community forum on the membership site discourse or something Uh, might be better might be better than than Voxers. You're still building a community. I don't know. Again, I, I'm just looking into it. I'm thinking about it. And I thought you guys might have some experience in that before I would jump in full force. But I like what Jim said. Maybe start out with a small group and yeah. just see how bad it gets. I don't care to be <laughs> asked questions. Again, in my situation, it's because most of these are students of our online courses. And some of them are uh, talking about the course stuff. Uh, but some of them may ask me a case-related thing. And that's all fine in the group. But, man, it could get overwhelming. So I didn't know. But Anyway, I've got some good directions. It could, so. it could Darren, yeah. for sure. So yeah. you know, put, some, yeah. put some guardrails around it. Yeah. Set Maybe set the bar high to begin right. with and, and bring it down just until you figure out what you what, what you can handle. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. So, I mean, the whole process this year, the whole focus of us is to build community. And we're yeah. trying to find better mm-hmm. ways to build the community and keep our students engaged. And this is just one of the ideas. Uh, have you surveyed them, Darren? Do you, have you asked them what they want to use? Not about Voxer. We have talked about community forums and we have that built into our platform and and they do use that some but not that much and i'm thinking i know these people have more questions or more engagement or i want to pull them into then they're not using the forums that much so i need to ask them if they want more engagement but just remember there'll be a rush in the beginning so don't panic too early there's a rush everybody gets excited about it and then it'll dip off so don't hold through that rush don't panic like when you get it and then settle back in, it'll, it'll get slower the longer you have. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just got to spotlight some of Darren's story. The thing I loved about it, and Darren, you got to fill in the blanks for me. If I understand this, you, Darren started off, he wanted to talk about coroner stuff. He couldn't find other coroners to talk to. He starts the coroner podcast. People are like, wow, this guy really seems to know what he's talking about. He gets asked to speak everywhere, got a job because of his podcast. And then it, if I understand this right, you found that, as a coroner, you have to get certified. Is it every year? Some sort, some coroners are nationally certified, has to have a certain amount of CEUs. So I started providing those CEUs online. Yeah. So that was the and thing is, is created a certification program. So now we can pre-certify you on a national level through our academy. Yeah. So Darren's another great example of he jumped into his audience and found a need. They're like, hey, I need to get certified and there's no place where I live to get certified. And Darren was, aha. And mm-hmm. is, is it official? Is it okay to say you're crushing it now with your course? I, yeah, I would say we're crushing it. There's a, there's numbers out there that probably are better, but yeah, yeah, we're crushing it. We are multiple six figures. Nice. Yeah. So, so it's and the guy just started off. I don't know. I just want to talk to other coroners. Yeah. Yeah. We started the corner talk podcast in 2014. So we've been at it now in August will be seven years. And my whole philosophy was I had that, that image in my mind, who am I going to talk to? 
I'm going to talk to that coroner in a southern state that doesn't have a lot of money, can't afford training. I'll give them at least one hour a, a week of training. At least that. They get 12, they get 52 hours a year. Then that has, like you said, I started speaking and doing some other engagements and stuff. And what's funny is that one particular state that I had in mind, just as a picked one, mm. we are now one of their, well, that's one of the states where we're actually their mandatory training to be coroners in their county. I guess it's because uh, maybe I just focus that direction. But so, yeah, there's some states that you can't be a coroner if you don't take our training. In fact, we're written nice. into a couple of states, <laughs> state statute laws. You either have to have this or you have to have Death Investigation Academy or you can't even run for coroner. So we've gotten we've come a long way in the last wow. few years. Yeah, that's awesome. And like you like again, and we never made a money for three years. Three years. Three years. There's that saying again. Thank you. You just three got years. yourself into uh the school <laughs> of podcasting. Awesome. Yeah, man. Yeah, Anything yeah, else so. we can help you with? Nope. Nope. Guys, thank you very much. Hi, Have a great Saturday. You bet. Great seeing you. Thanks for calling yeah, in. We'll see you. you. Chris is still on the stage over at our clubhouse. Chris, anything else we can help you with? I wanted to throw it out to whether people here on Clubhouse listening or in the YouTube side. I've dived into Clubhouse this week as a consumer, and I was just curious what other people are seeing or learning who maybe have jumped in after, Dave, I told you this week that once again, you got me to do something new, and uh, it's your fault that I'm now engaged on this, but what's everybody else learning this? Here, let me... Rob Greenlee's Rob, out there? Rob Greenlee is out there. We're, nice. we're catching him before he goes on on Todd's show. But what have you been seeing in in Clubhouse? Oh, just a lot of great conversations, uh, a lot of activity, a lot of users. I think it's growing quite fast. I think if they open it up where anybody could join, I think this community would just explode. And I think that their servers would melt down too. (laughs) Yeah. What's, has there been like one big takeaway maybe from, as you've been doing this, that you're like, man, I'm glad I was here for that. Yeah. It's like the very early days of, Twitter and Facebook and stuff like that. There's a lot of enthusiasm for it. It does feel like a unique medium as opposed to podcasting. I know you're blending these two worlds together, Dave, with what you're doing here. And But it does feel like a different medium than podcasting. So I think treating it, for most people, treating it as a unique, maybe add-on to your podcast. I think some shows like yours, Dave, really, it fits really well because you are doing basically a call-in talk show and you've always leaned that way so i think it's it seems to be working that's why i pop in here is i want to be able to experience this format that you're doing dave because i think it is something that more people probably depending on their show format can look at trying to do yeah it's uh go ahead jim rob one of the things i was worried about last week when we were talking about this is in as we think about how this relates to blab is that when we were on Blab, every Blab conversation boiled down to talking about Blab. Do you, have you found, you've been on Clubhouse this week. Have you, are you finding something different for now? And maybe it's going to take some time for that to happen. But are, you, are, are people actually having real conversation? It's just not, hey, this is cool. This is Clubhouse. Let's talk about Clubhouse. Or, or are you having other conversations other than that? Yeah, and I think that's what I'm referring to more about this is a different and unique medium is that some of the rooms that I've been in, I don't think the participants would have wanted it to be recorded or made available outside of that group. So it's it creates this environment where you want to have open and frank discussions and not worry about your manager finding out about what you were talking about or something like that. I think that there is a little bit of a culture right now that's out there right now that if you're talking about the wrong things or saying the wrong things that people are canceling or 
closing accounts and things like that. I'm not saying that it's happening everywhere, but there is some concerns, I think, out there around online content topics and creation, and people need to be smart about it, I think. Yeah. I was in a, a group yesterday, and it had Ronsley Voss from We Are Podcast. Daniel was in there. Uh, a bunch of people, and they're all talking podcast monetization and growing your show. So it was like this show, only it was other people, but it was all about podcasting. We didn't really talk a whole lot about Clubhouse. And I see other ones in there where it's, you see the ones that are funny. Millionaires talking about making millions. And some of them are, I saw one today as I was scrolling through, and it was like Rihanna versus somebody else, like another singer. And they were going to somehow discuss who was better. So I could see like a room like Hagar versus Roth. Let's discuss kind of thing. So that's not all business. Some of it's a very like psychology, like dealing with motherhood, trying to find work-life balance. So there's rooms about everything. And that's the only thing that I found. And I, from what I understand, because you go into the app and you say, here's what I'm interested in. And then you can also follow people. So if you are seeing a bunch of rooms that you don't want to participate in, then either follow different people or change your interests or things like that. But uh, it's definitely interesting. So I just, Rob, I know you've been here, so I wanted to see what, what your thoughts were. So thanks for stepping up and uh, sharing your your experiences. Yeah, thanks, Dave. I appreciate it. And, and if you want to drop me out and pull somebody else up, that's, that'd be great. That's, I'm, I'm going to move you back to the audience. And there we go. Yeah, John Parker in the YouTube was asking, hey, is this an iOS-only app? Yes, it is, unfortunately. And that's... One of the things, it's, it, like Rob said, I think in the event that they did open this up to everybody because there's so much buzz about it that it would just melt. <laughs> like, I remember when I think it was Gary V was talking to Tony Robbins or something. It was one of those two came on to Blab and Blab just went. It was you couldn't. Everybody was getting kicked off. It was just. It just was not good. If you have a question and you want to jump in, of course, on Clubhouse, you can just raise your hand. Or if you're here watching us on YouTube, it's askthepodcastcoach.com slash join. And one of the things I wanted to talk about briefly is this week, as he holds up a hard drive, I had one of these crash on me. Just It's a Western Digital 4 terabyte drive, and it just said, I'm done. No warning shot. It gave me a slight warning shot. But to make a long story short... I was either going to have to spend somewhere between $700 and $1,000 was what I was quoted to get the data back or – and this is where I, I'm, I was like, when you get in a really bad situation, try not to make decisions when you're freaking out because your brain isn't working. <laughs> and so I was like, hey, guy, because I downloaded my – I use Backblaze and Backblaze is – they back up everything, even external hard drives. And I said, hey, guys, I downloaded, which is this humongous zip file. And I unzipped it and half my files were missing. And that's when I got really nervous. And that's when I was like, I had to really ponder for a second. I might lose 15 years of podcasting stuff. And I was really bummed out about that. And um, what kind of drive is that, Dave? What that is have? a Western Digital 4 terabyte external hard drive. Spinner. Spinner. It's got a spinning yeah. spinning drive. It's external. And you're so what you're telling me is you're the only copy of your files besides what was on B2 yeah. was there on that drive. There's there. smidgens right. of it on Dropbox. Yeah, Obviously, yeah, everything's yeah. on Libsyn and all my other media hosts. So I yeah. wasn't going to lose the actual finished file. But like this morning, I went to do something and, and I went to get the Ask the Podcast Coach image. And I was like, oh, yeah, I don't have that yet. The great thing about it is and, and when I think about it and I was like, duh, is I was going and trying to get the latest backup. The latest backup had backed up the problem. 
And so I emailed their support. I'm like, guys, I've used you for years. I can't believe I can't get my files back. And they said, go back like one day or two days. And I went back to Sunday because that was the last time I made any new content. And there were all my files. So then the fun part was I had to download four terabytes of information. You don't have to. That was the thing. I went to download just one year of Ask the Podcast Coach, and it was going to take me 14 hours. And so then I saw where they have an option where I can basically send all my files. And you're right. I don't need all these. But I was like, eh. And I just said, hey, send them all to an external hard drive that they have there. They're going to ship it to me. Now, I had to pay 189 bucks for that, but it's a heck of a lot faster. And I'm going to get my files. And once my files are on another hard drive, I just ship it back and they pay me back the 189 or if I want to keep it, I guess I could pay 200 bucks for a hard drive, but no, don't do it. There's cheaper ways. Oh to, yeah. Yeah. This is cheaper ways to do that. Yeah. So that was just something that I don't, th- I know we always talk about that at the beginning of the year, change yeah. your smoke detector, back up your files mm-hmm. and things like mm-hmm. that. But it also did make me realize that there are a lot of files that I really, I don't need the anchor sucks folder anymore. I don't right. need right. Ber- Bernie. The cat can go into the cloud. There's a lot of stuff that I had on my hard drive that I'm like, yeah, I don't use these anymore. So a digital cleanup day to go in and clean house. It's too easy to keep some of these things. And it's too easy to, especially, I'm assuming you have Backblaze's uh, consumer version, which is yeah. one one PC, but everything that's attached to that PC. That's it. So. That's what you have, which is a great deal. I think you pay 60 bucks or something. It's, or maybe 30 bucks a month. Or do, it's do you know six bucks pay? a month. Six bucks a month. Six so, bucks so a 60, month. 60 bucks a year. Yeah. Super cheap. A lot of the folks on Home Gadget Geeks use Backblaze. Let me encourage you to do this and let me encourage all the podcasters listening. Like what you're doing, just because you're putting on an external drive does not mean it's a backup. So two warnings along these ways. That's still only in one place. Yeah. So Dave, you should have something else local. It could be another hard drive, yeah. right? Just to make sure it's that you're backing up, not syncing, but that you're backing up from one drive to another. Dropbox, OneDrive, Google Drive, those are not backups. They're sync. They're syncing. Yeah. You make a major change or you have a major problem like ransomware, they just, that data just propagates to the backup. Now, some of them have versioning and there's some things that you can do, but those sync folders are not backup. They are syncing. So just make sure the difference between the two. It's really important, as you found out, because this could have been $1,000 to get that data off that drive, right? If it was really super important. You can buy a lot of NAS. That's a, uh, you know, that's, <laughs> yeah. uh, you can buy a lot of hard drives and back up yeah. for a thousand dollars. Figure out a plan. If you need help, let me know. I'd love. This is the space I live yeah. and die in. So if you're interested in talking about it or you need some advice beyond that, let me know. Yeah, I. It's just one of those things where I am now because if you think about it, if I do just if I don't have the online, if I don't have Backblaze, and I have two hard drives here and my house catches on fire, congratulations, you've Correct. lost You've lost two versions of your show. Um, yeah, it's gotta, one's got to be off-site. you got to get one of those somewhere in the cloud that's backing up, not sinking. Yeah. Backing up, not sinking. Yeah, yeah. we've got Brandon on deck. We're going to talk to John here. John says, I'm using StreamYard in order to hear my guest. I listen via my laptop jack. Mike is through P4. When I use the effects on P4 like applause, I can't hear it. But the guests can. Yeah, plug your headphones into the P4 and make your speakers the P4. And in that case, you're, you're hearing everything the guest hears. Mm-hmm. So that's the the deal there because the – kind of a fancy mix minus, isn't it? It is yeah. fancy yeah. mix minus. But uh, Brendan's a, a regular listener of the show. He's usually in the chat room today. He's in Clubhouse. 
So it's funny that you got that you started mentioning your hard drive woes. Just yesterday, I was in Jim's Facebook group and said, "Okay, I convinced my wife to let me do my civic duty and spend my stimulus money on some hard drives." And he gave me some really good advice. Him and Weeger. I've been looking at this the past week. What do you keep? It's easy, and hard drives are cheap. So right now, I'm keeping everything. Right. I'm looking through my shows that I've done, and was like, "Oh, dang! I've got three terabytes of." Yeah. Of assets. It's like, I've got the raw, I've got the edited, I've got the final produced. I've got all the images that I've put in there. Is there at a point where you're just like, you know what? I can just download what I've got on Libsyn and call it good or. Yeah. It's cause I, it dawned on me that I have the raw file and then I use Hindenburg. And when you use Hindenburg, it basically makes another folder with everything that was used to make that episode. And in theory, that's the folder I need to keep. Cause if I ever want to go back and tweak something, everything that was used to make that is there. So I'm actually double dipping there. I have the original file that was pulled into Hindenburg, and then Hindenburg makes a copy and puts it in their folder. And I was like, okay, there's there's information I could get out of there. And I, it's always, if I ever need to go back and edit it, I've been doing this 15 years, I've changed one episode. And that's because it was an episode about here's my favorite gear and everything that I was recommending, I did not recommend anymore. And I was like, yeah, we need to get that out of here. And I had one episode I pulled down because I interviewed a company that didn't exist. And then I did an interview with somebody who they exist, but their podcast did like everything in there. There was no value in that episode anymore. And I was like, all right, that's got to come down. But it, Jim, what do you keep? I could so a couple things, a couple pieces of advice on this. One, keep what you need to keep to be able to sleep at night. So if you keep as much as you can, and then two, think of what you keep like a budget. What can I afford to keep? And and afford doesn't always mean what you're paying for. It might be in time, it may or it may be locating it. So just kind of think through what do I need? I keep uh, the raw for sure. Okay, if I've created it in its rawest form, I'm going to keep it. And then I make a, a I make a, a video file out of it and I make an audio file out of it. I keep those finished versions of it because I don't want to have to go back and do it again. If it, Say I put it on, let's just use SoundCloud. Say I'm using SoundCloud, I put it on SoundCloud and they close. Well, I, guess what? I can't go back and get it on SoundCloud. If something happens to Lipson and I'm a Lipson customer and they close, just now they're not going to. <laughs> but if they do, right? I'm not saying, I'm not predicting anything. You want to protect yourself because you can't guarantee. Even YouTube deleted. I had a YouTube account. They just deleted one day. I could never get it back. So thinking that, okay, my file is on someone else's stuff is not a good idea. So if you need to have it, if you and you don't want to recreate it. So I think any finished versions of stuff, Brandon, I would, I listen, graphics are small. So I would definitely keep all of those. Your MP3s, they're small. What's big is video files. So if you have if you have big raw 4K video files, okay, now you have to start asking yourself, like, and I have a, a bandwidth cap. So I got to think, okay, now every time I'm sending these to the cloud to back them up, it's taking, it's coming off the top of my cap. So I think you have to think through, it's not just what do I keep, but what can I afford to keep? Yeah. And and then what can I get back if I need it? Can I find it again if I need it? So that's kind of how I see it. Yeah, that was me. I was like, wave files are not as big as video, but they're, they add up. And that was my other thing is I started downloading some of the videos for Ask the Podcast Coach. And I was like, if YouTube went away, would I be devastated that I lost all these past episodes? And I was like, eh, I got the audio. You know what I mean? It's, I still have yeah. it. So Now you can play that, Dave. You could play that same idea if you have it on YouTube and on Vimeo. You could be like, 
okay, I have it in two places. Right. Now, again, I'm a control freak, so I want to control the file. But you could say, okay, if YouTube goes right, chances of YouTube and Vimeo going away at the same time, pretty small. So I don't know. Brandon, does that help? Yeah, that helps a lot. I just There was one time that I had a co-host get engaged and his fiance was like, look, I'd like to spend more time with you. You should stop podcasting. Oh, and that's I thought, it. Oh, I, I, it's I'm off. Do it. <laughs> Give me that ring back. I mean, I, I think he made the better choice. He made the better choice. But I was going to do a best of episode. And there were a couple clips that were like, oh, we have to include this. And I had music behind them. And I didn't have the original. Um, and so since then, I've been keeping all of the raw stuff. And yeah, yeah it's. But that helps a lot. Hard drives are cheap right now. So yeah. I, I'm, I, I just am going to start building an array that I can just keep making bigger and bigger. I do it for a day job. And so it's, I might as I should have something like that at home. But awesome. I haven't. Brandon, I have this really cool link that I got from somebody else that has all the hard drive prices I listed. Saw that. Okay. Oh, did you say, do you have it? Are you, I, are you I, good? I, I, th- I, I think so. Was it? Okay. Yeah. Just like in a big table of all of them. Yeah, it keeps automatically updated, so yeah. you're you're constantly seeing what the cheapest prices are. I think today, like four terabytes, Dave, you're the size you have is the sweet spot for hard drives. So if you're buying, if you're buying those kinds of drives, you really want to focus in that three to four terabyte. You get more, and they get a little more expensive per terabyte. A little bit less, you're not getting as much for what you get. So all, but that's a good reminder. I'll drop that in our Facebook group as well for you, Brandon. So you just in case you got it. But thank but, you, uh, thank you. Yeah, awesome. yeah, you bet. Thanks, thanks, thanks for buddy. In. You bet. All right, we've got Frank and Kelly coming up. Before we get to Frank and Kelly, we got to get to our awesome. Hey, I spilled my coffee though. Can you like <laughs> that can, was just a massive disaster? Can you? Can you? We can do. Always like to thank our awesome supporters, but also I'd have to pull it up. I believe we got our first one-star review for Ask the Podcast Coach. Podcast yeah, Coach? so thank you so much for that. Uh, we are real podcasters now. We got a one-star review. Nice. And I got it through My Podcast Reviews, which you can oh, find. Nice. Support so the show. Can, yeah, Apple through Apple. And their thing was, great show, except every five minutes they have to stop and thank their supporters. <laughs> so we're going to stop and thank our awesome supporters. And, of course, with the first one, the teacher's pet. You heard him about him at the beginning of the show, the Dog Podcast Network. If you want to make some money podcasting and you can tell a good story, oh, and you have a dog, check it out. They're looking for 101 dog stories. Go over to dogpodcastnetwork.com slash 101. But uh, there's a chance to win $5,000 over there. And they did just launch their their podcast, their latest one over there. And yeah. uh, Dog Edition, check it out, dogpodcastnetwork.com. And we always thank our $20 supporters. So awesome people like Kim at Toastmasters101.net. If you're looking to develop your voice or reduce your editing time or improve your content, Toastmasters101.net. Greg over at Debt Shepherd. If you're looking to uh, get your financial wellness on, Greg can definitely help you out. Shane at spybrary.com if you want to get your spy on. Glenn the Geek Hebert if you want to get your horse on. That's right, horseradionetwork.com. Tons of shows over there, all of them about horses. And then if you're looking, if you have a show that's scary or it's a comedy or it's true crime, you want to get in front of an audience, then go over to IndieDropIn.com. Say hello to Greg Forrest and say, hey, uh, here's a show. And he actually has a a whole system there that a bunch of new listeners looking for great shows. And uh, check it out, IndieDropIn.com. Max Trescott up in the air at AviationNewsTalk.com. So if you want to get your plane on, uh, I don't know if he does helicopters or jets, but if it's in aviation, he's probably talking about it. If you want to sound great, go over and see our buddy Ed Sullivan. 
over at sonniccupcake.com. He'll edit your show and make you sound great. And uh, Michael Delaney over at Baby Mountain Radio Productions, where podcasting and hard work are made fun. Check him over at babymountainradio.com. And, of course, if you'd like to be an awesome supporter, you also get bonus content. Not only do you get the last half hour of the show, you get invited to extra meetups and things like that. Go over to askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. And if you're looking for my book or other ways to support the show, go over to askthepodcastcoach.com slash store. And uh, next up, we have Frank. We're going to bring him up to the stage here. So I have a podcast called uh, Figure It Out Podcast where I ask the guests how they figured it out. So how did they get to point A to point B? And it varies from different industries. Okay. So I'm just wondering, it is a bit broad. And I do want to keep it specific, but the idea is to show people that whatever industry or business or whatever your story is, that it is possible. So I was just wondering what your thoughts were on that. Let's back up one step. Why did you start the podcast? Selfish reasons or not selfish reasons? Either one. Both. Selfish reasons. I actually used to live in uh, China. So I met a lot of people from different countries in different industries. And when I moved back to Canada, it wasn't like that. So I actually wanted to network and still have interesting conversations with people. So that's the selfish reason. But the second reason would be to inspire uh, the, the slogan is um, marketing fueled by education, inspiration, motivation. So I want people to know that it is possible. Everyone, everyone's capable of getting to point B from point A, what, whatever your struggles and challenges are. So it is to inspire and okay. you know, help and people to believe in themselves and battle whatever challenges that face them. And now the real question, is this a hobby or a business? It's currently a hobby. There's always a small percentage of, yeah, let's make some money, but I know that it's going to take time and I'm still small. So right now it's a hobby and I love it and I don't mind spending my own money and not getting anything back, but eventually it would be cool to offer services with podcasting because as we know, podcasting is blowing up. So as of now it's a hobby, but yeah, there is a small goal of making money off it eventually. Got it. Uh, Audio only or are you on on YouTube as well? So I do a Zoom and then I take the audio and I put it on Anchor, which distributes it to other platforms. Yeah. But I do yeah. make I do make a video through Adobe Premiere and Adobe After Effects. It's just an image with the audio graph, but it's mostly just for people to listen on YouTube, not, not like I want them to watch the podcast. But, but there is YouTube videos, but primarily it's um, audio. Yeah, the, the fix-it culture on YouTube is much stronger. And I think it's a better, I actually think it's a better place to do it. It's more visual. I think you would get, you'd get great traction out of that. I'd actually create, if I were you, I'd create fix-it videos that were short and concise and, and to the point and help people do what you want to do. Then I'd use your podcast to talk about it. <laughs> That's the space where people expect you could have guests on, you could have longer forms kind of stuff. You can expand it a little bit, but that way the two kind of work in concert. You can talk about, you can do your, your fix it stuff on YouTube and then say, by the way, we have a podcast community around this. Join us at whatever, fill the, fill in the blanks there. But I would try to work YouTube because this, the fix it DIY culture is so strong on YouTube right now. You just, you can't miss out on that. Frank, are you doing physical fix it stuff or is it more like, how did I fix this I do yeah, like yeah, that idea, yeah. but I actually do more of the, the story, the journey of business. Per- it's, I'm more yeah. on the business side, so not nothing hands-on, um, but that is a good idea, but, but yeah, it's still, more on like, can the still do it. side. Yeah. You can yeah. still do it that way. Like you can still, even if it's figuring out business problems or pre- you can, you have a really slick seven to eight minute version of it for YouTube that's edited well. And then you can still drive people to the podcast 
to talk about it in, a, in maybe even in a longer form. So it, it's the two can work together. Yeah. I, I think you can make that work. And and the fun thing is, I now forget Frank's original question. <laughs> what was I forget what your you. you how does he keep going? How does he get more listeners? That Frank, that's really what you're asking, right? No, I just more your thoughts of the thoughts of your thoughts on the whole trying to inspire people and use the podcast as a, a way to believe in yourself. And there are people who've done it, so it's just more of a motivational type of yeah. uh, kick in the butt. Let's if he can do it, I can do it. Or sorry, they were whatever. It's 2021. You don't know anymore. If this person can do it. Why can't I do it? So oh, it's mostly for people who aren't successful, who want to be successful yeah. and just yeah, kick them in the butt to get the fire under them. Yeah. I, th- I think I've heard, I know it's weird because I feel like I'm abnormal that I don't need inspired. Like I wake up in the morning and I know what I want to do. But I, I understand that there are people that are like they're stuck in their job, they don't whatever, and they want to they're, they're they have that mentality of ah, it would never work for me. And then when they hear somebody else do it, they're like, oh, maybe I can do that. My friend Monica Lavera used to do. You want to do what was the name of the show? And I remember <laughs> the one, and she would just talk to people who had transitioned from one area to the other, and they explained how they did it and the steps and the the things that didn't work and things of that nature. Right now, I'm watching uh, James Altucher who apparently has a very popular podcast and has basically earned and lost millions of dollars multiple times. It's on Amazon Prime, and he is a very unique character. Almost want to know if he's – is it autistic? No, it's uh, the other one. Oh, I forget. But it's high on that spectrum where you just go, this guy thinks differently, way different than I do. But he's – it's inspiring because his whole thing, and he's got a big old audience, and he explains to people, this is what I'm doing, and that whole nine yards. So it's that whole, yeah, I can do it. This guy's done it three times. I think he's now on his like third set of millions. But it was just interesting. to He's, yeah, I can't believe I woke up, and again, I've earned millions, and I now have $43 in my bank account. <laughs> it was like, holy cow. Yeah. So, yeah, it can definitely be used. And then... Shows like that, if you want to monetize, those are the ones that are handy for crowdfunding, whether it's Patreon or things like that, can help yourself. But And Gary in the, the chat room, and it is, that's really what the, the show on Amazon is. It's a giant commercial for his book, Choose Yourself, and uh, that's the name of the the series on Amazon is James Altucher's Choose Yourself. And it was, I've heard enough, I've heard that name enough, so here we go again where you get into word of mouth, and I've heard enough people say that guy's name that I'm like, okay, I need to actually go watch him. And that's why I started watching him on uh, Amazon. So does, does that help Frank? Oh, no, I, I love it. I just want to do a quick summary and then one more small question, but I think the last yeah, question sure. will be beneficial sure. for everyone. Yeah. So no, I love the idea to, to, to do the podcast, get the story from the person, turn it into shorter videos, just me doing it. And the good thing I think that you made me realize just now is that I can even take it even smaller videos and put it on TikTok and reels and sure. yeah, no, I like, I like what you said, cause now I was using to you, I wasn't utilizing YouTube. And now that you bring up the point that I can do how to videos with business and marketing and eventually maybe who knows construction or something, uh, do it yourself projects. No, I, I love those points. And I think those are, I think, yeah, that's really good. Uh, last question would be, and I think this will help everyone is just a couple of quick, anything apps, software, Chrome extensions, anything techie that can help make the process easier or more convenient or scale or whatever. One of my favorite plugins is for one of my favorite apps, which is Todoist. Uh, It's a to-do list thing. And 
as long as I can remember to do the first thing in the morning, which is look at your to-do list, which sometimes I don't. But that's I, the thing I love about to-do is you can, there's a couple different things you can do. One is if I see somebody send me an email and I'm like, ooh, I need to reply to this later or I need to do whatever's in this email, I can basically take that and set it into Todoist. And when I go to my Todoist app, which is on my computer, on my phone, on my iPad, it's everywhere, I can click on that and it will take me right back to Gmail and I can go right back to the original Gmail. That right there, I just love. It works with the woman in the tube from Amazon, so I can tell her to put something on a list and and she will feed that into Todoist. So that's one of my favorite apps. And I also, there are a number of these, but there are anything that lets me speed up video. I, I love that because I watch TV and Netflix. I'm always doing research. So if I can do my research at 1.5, I'm a a happy camper. Jim, you got any things? Like it's funny you mentioned that because I've been watching a YouTuber who actually part of his videos every day is his chores. He gets a, he's in, he's a homesteader. So he goes, feeds the animals and the chickens and stuff like that. And I started thinking, what have I thought about my production is what are my chores? What are the chores that I have to do every single day? I put those on my to-do list and I don't do anything just like he, I don't do anything until I've done my chores. And so first thing in the morning, when I come down to get some work done for Gallup, I just drill through these chores. And David, it's been amazing when you think about hitting your Facebook comments every day, hitting your, your I'm sorry, not comments, YouTube comments, yeah. hitting the Facebook groups to see what kind of what has come in. Make sure I'm promoting the podcasts in those groups. Like those things that you need to do every day, I think sometimes we think about them in a way of I'll get to it when I get to it. No, there's some daily tasks that you just need to have. And so like a pilot has a checklist, like pilots don't fly off memory. <laughs> I'm <laughs> just going to wing it. <laughs> I know. And I always figured this out. Pilots, when they get into emergency, they have emergency checklists. Like they go to and okay, here's the things we go through. Like the engine has stopped working and they have a checklist to go through. Turn this off, turn this back on, do this. Why don't we? And so I think if I give you a piece of advice is, both daily and with what you're doing from a production standpoint, make sure you have good checklists so you're getting everything done. And Frank, where can we find your podcast? What's your website? So I have my kind of personal website. It's just my name, frankienz.com slash info. So it's like a link tree kind of landing page. But yeah, it's on uh, Figure It Out Podcast. It's on Apple, Google, Spotify. I'm pretty active on Instagram about it. If you want to message me there for whatever reason, I'm there. I love what you said about the the 1.5 because I, I only listen to YouTube videos and podcasts at two times. And yeah. I tell my friends and they go crazy. But I just want to say thanks for all the tips and advice and oh, hope that other people got value off this. And uh, yeah, keep up the great work, guys. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks, Frank. Appreciate it. In Canada, by the way, that's pronounced. Figure it out. But uh, thanks, Frank. And uh, coming to the stage is Kelly. My question is, I actually have a podcast schedule with a, with a VC next week. And I see what you're doing. And I'm super curious as to like, how you're doing this. And I know you've mentioned this before, but could you yeah. uh, peel back the curtain it? a bit? Yeah. Yeah. Um, behind me, I don't think you can see it, but I have a Rodecaster Pro. Nope, I'm not in my own way. I'm using a Rodecaster Pro and I plug my microphone into that and I connect to the computer so I can hear Jim via USB. We're all, Jim has got his own track. I have my own track and I've connected you via my iPhone. And because it's got, it's basically got whatever that, what is that called? A, a lightning, lightning adapter because the roadcaster uses, it's called a TRRS 
connector. So you'll end up with uh, like a headphone jack, but it's got three rings on it. That goes into the Rodecaster as well. So I have myself on channel one. Jim is on the USB channel. And I need to remember to turn off Do Not Disturb because somebody just tried to call me. I didn't think about that. And then you're on the phone tracks. And then I can get a fully mixed down version of this for my audio. And then for the video portion, I'm using StreamYard. So StreamYard, you can't see right now, but it has myself and Jim. It says episode 329. And I can bring people on. I'm, I use a – because with StreamYard, they give you a link to go in and – Invite people. So I just make that a really easy link. I use a, a tool called PodPage for my website that allows me to make things like askthepodcastcoach.com slash join, which redirects to the link from StreamYard that then brings people in via video. So earlier we had Darren come in and he came in via the video. I, that is a whole lot of information in a small amount of time. Does that? Would, yeah, would, I'm very confused. I, I think, need to make a video on this. I really yeah, do. if you can make a YouTube video, I definitely like gonna go subscribe yeah. and hit and share for you. Yeah, uh, but but basically the video is Streamyard, the whole phone thing, and every all the connection is the Rodecaster Pro. And okay, I, but, I'm, but I could I'm all, trying to. I could, okay. I could also do this with the Zoom, and I'm holding things up, and I keep forgetting. You can't see what I'm doing. But yeah. I use the Zoom. You could also use a Zoom PodTrack P4, which is $200, where the Rodecaster is $600. Okay. I'm actually really confused right now, but well, I'm going to go. That's why I had to record this. I'm going to go back yeah. and try to listen well, and then see what's, how this. What's yeah. a, a website if I want to connect with you later? Once I get this video done. Uh, yeah, I'm going to follow you. Maybe it's, are you connected somewhere? Yeah, you can find me at askthepodcastcoach.com. Okay. You can find me at schoolofpodcasting.com. So. Okay. I guess I'm under finclusive.us and then also on my on my clubhouse. I have all the all my links there. So I just okay. followed you. So if you want to reach out. Thank you so much, Dave. Oh, you're welcome. You, thanks for calling in. Yeah. I think, Dave, I think as we were in the final minute here of this, I think this this highlights a this highlights this it's complicated what we're doing right now seems like easy but it's pretty complicated yeah. in getting all this and it's not cheap like to get the equipment this isn't necessarily something you do on the cheap so i think from from a hardware and experience standpoint my advice to her would be this start small <laughs> yeah so get on streamyard and figure streamyard out cuz that's the easiest thing to do to start first then look at your audio equipment, figure out, okay, if I was going to do that, if I do want to bring in Clubhouse, I'm going to need to do what you're doing. That's going to require some additional equipment and take it kind of one small step at a time. Don't try to do the whole thing at once. And then the last thing I'd say is practice. Don't, a lot of people think they got to do it right the very first time and just get out there and start doing it. Try some things, get familiar with it, figure out, finally figured out how to get the loop back to work on the Motu device when we're in StreamYard so that I can play clips and stuff like that. It took me a while. So figure it out. Or like Frank said, figure it out. <laughs> Jim, what is coming up on uh, theaverageguy.tv? So this episode uh, on live, on air, I bought a Mac Mini M1. So, like, I'm a Windows guy. This was a big deal for my community. They, they're, they're kind of revolting. Um, and I bought a full podcast. So maybe we'll talk about that a little bit in, in, in the show. There's some new equipment coming out from Apple. Oh, that's and, interesting. Uh, we bought it live and on the show. Yeah, it was kind of fun. What's interesting about that is when I turn the music up, you yeah. got really wonky on the video. Oh, 
and I turned it up. Be- yeah, I turned it up because when I listened to the the audio back on live, you can't hear the music. Like all of a sudden, the music just zooms in at the end, and I was like, oh, I need to remember that that I can turn the music up louder than I think I can as we're wrapping up the show. So that was different, but yeah. So you got a Mac Mini, and your audience went crazy, basically. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about it in post show. <laughs> On the school of podcasting, it's almost like this is uh, now that I've done this twice. I'm going to talk about uh, Clubhouse, and I'm also I got to find another topic because realize that 75 percent of my audience in Europe can't use Clubhouse because they're on Android. And so that's going to be one of the things I talk about. But maybe we'll make that video this weekend and then say, hey, if you want to see how I'm using this. And I also, again, I I don't officially know that this is legal because according to their terms of service, I have to have written permission and I'm getting audible permission for people to to use their call. So I'm not officially like in the clear. I haven't got the they haven't contacted me. And so we'll see. How's it go? Ask for permission later or something like that. But we'll figure it out. That's it. But in the meantime, we've got another 30 minutes of post show coming. So stick around. (laughs) 